This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local on Fight Week. The UAE is buzzing as UFC 242 is nearly upon us and it's only right I bring on someone who's been there, done that and ripped the t-shirt. Anas Salaj Munir is a professional fighter who is part of the Team Noguera and scheduled to fight in October. He's an amazing international fighter who started his career in Sunderland, UK and now resides in the UAE. We are talking what it takes to be a fighter, the sacrifices he's made to develop and his predictions on UFC 242. Only here on the Halftime Show in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95. 95 pulses to go and we're back. Stay tuned for more. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Everyone is feeling the UFC fever as we approach fight week. So it's only right I bring in a real fighter. Anas, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Anas, talk to me about preparation. Uh, it involves everything, literally everything. It's uh, it's a very uh, hard sport, mixed martial arts. Yeah. You have to do a little bit of everything. You have to do your conditioning, uh, your sparring, uh, your technical work, uh, mobility. Uh, there's there's a lot of things. There are a lot of things that are involved, especially when you have to cut a lot of weight as well. And speaking of that, when does camp start for all these things? Ideally, the camp starts about eight or nine weeks before the fight. Okay. But sometimes that's not possible due what? to an injury. Right due to uh, other commitments for example not all fighters can afford being full-time fighters right they have other jobs things like that Interesting. so um, yeah ideally seven to eight weeks yeah nine would be perfect but it depends right and, and that's actually quite a good point so let's say you come up with a with with an injury you have an eight-week plan you have to then manage it because obviously you know there's there's money on the line there's uh there's a fight you've committed to, there's a contract you've signed. How do you manage that with the injury and the programming of the plan? You just have to find a way to work around it. There's right. no other choice. For wow. example, if you injure your 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 ankle, let's say, for example, you got to focus on your boxing, uh, even though it might restrict you. Uh, you can't kick, obviously. Yeah. So you have to focus on your boxing, on your conditioning. You have to do something else like swimming or running or cycling. Uh, doing sprints or just focusing on your upper body without affecting that that ankle Very and cool. vice versa as well if you injure your upper body you gotta focus on something else yeah and you know actually it's interesting you say that because uh, I recently had a few guests on the show who spoke about the importance of the brain when it comes to performance now when, with all these things happening in a fighter's mind how do they adjust to I've, what I've heard normally and you can tell me more about this what I've heard normally is fighters never go into a fight fully fit is that correct? Yes, you will never be 100%. Never. There's always some niggle somewhere. Right, right. You will never be 100%. And then when that happens, how do you you adjust your mind to get back into routine? 
<laughs> me personally, yeah. I lie to myself a little bit. I say, okay, with the adrenaline, you will not feel it. <laughs> I try and convince myself. Yeah. I say, okay, you're not going to feel it during the fight. Right. But it does affect your training. It does affect your training. You just have to be strong mentally and just uh, go through it. And it's something that you train your mind as well. You have to train your your mental toughness. Right. And see, you speak about mental toughness. And one of the things that a lot of fighters face when it comes to the mental toughness is the weight cut. Now, tell me more about the weight cut and how long does it take? Wait, what do you normally fight at? I fight now. I fight at lightweight, okay, which is seventy kilograms. Okay, so just, everyone listening, the lightweight is about seventy kilograms, right? What's your normal weight? I, I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a fat boy, <laughs> guys. If you if you're tuned in and you're watching us on Instagram Live, he is definitely not a fat boy. I'll tell you that now. And you can and you can text us on four two one five itaslat or do or if you're in our Instagram Live, it's Anas is obviously on his Instagram Live Pulse ninety five Radio or Omar Duri. Slide into our DMs and let us know exactly <laughs> what you face when you're cutting weight. And when you do see him, you'll know that he's definitely not fat. But Anas, going back to what I was saying, what what weight do you normally Let's take. What's your comfort weight? I I walk usually if I don't have a fight I will walk around 85, 86 kilograms. Wow! So that's 15 kilos. Yes, and I, I before um, I went all the way up to 92 kilos as well, and right. I had to drop in eight weeks to 70.7 or 70.5. And for the viewers, that's roughly about what 20 kilos to drop in in a, in that short space of time. Yeah. Wow! How how taxing is that on the mind as well as the body? It, it does affect you yeah. it does affect you both physically and mentally it's yeah. very difficult to me that's that's the fight it's you against you I really I, I love that I've heard that a couple of times with a few fighters that I've spoken to when they said the biggest fight is not the actual fight it's the it's leading up to that it is indeed it's it's behind the scenes it's what you're doing at the gym what you're doing at home are you disciplined with your diet are you disciplined with your recovery as well which is very important in fight camp yeah it takes a lot of discipline when you look at that cake and you've got a sweet tooth and you're not touching <laughs> it you know it takes a lot of discipline <laughs> see that's that's super interesting and when you when we're talking about that and the recovery do you normally have the same team or do you make adjustments depending on the fight uh, his style or his skill set who do, do you normally have the same uh, people around you when it comes to your fights when I was in the UK and when I started at the dungeon gym in right. uh, Sunderland I had the same team okay. uh, because there were a lot of fighters right. professional fighters right. they did that the coach was a full-time coach yeah while here in the UAE it's a little bit different okay all the fighters almost all the fighters they have other jobs yes like for example most of the fighters they are coaches at the same time right they are doing personal training at the same time okay so it depends it literally depends which is the difficult part here it depends on who's available at that time right because they have their own lives as well exactly okay and then when it comes to things like nutrition like leading up to the fight what, what do you do to reach like optimal performance for me it's very simple um it's not a big secret i just eat less than what i burn so it's a calorie deficit definitely but at the same time i have to keep that balance i have to have my good fats my carbs and my protein at the right. same time right, that's that's fascinating when it comes down to the recovery part 
how do you manage recovery as well as the whole nutrition? It's it's a lot. It just sounds so taxing on the mind. And I know I, I keep emphasizing this, but how do you manage all that? It takes a lot of ice baths, hot baths with Epsom salt, yeah. saunas, uh, taking a day off. Sometimes you have to take one to two days off as well. And also it takes discipline where instead of going out with your friends to party or have a good time, yeah. you need to stay and have an early night. So sacrifices. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's super interesting. Guys, if you have any questions for us or if you have any questions for Anas and on how mixed martial artists get ready, they fuel up or they train, text us on 4215 do, or even slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio or Omar Duri, and we'll get back to you later on the show and shout you out too. Coming up next, we get through the fight card of UFC 242 and much more on the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're just tuning in, we have a special guest today. Anas Siraj Munir is in the studio talking to us all about mixed martial arts, UFC. And while we're doing that, guys, if you ever do miss our show, which you have no excuse to do so, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. If you type in the Halftime Show or Omar Duri, you can always catch up on your favorite shows. We had some really, really good ones recently. Shout out to all of our listeners as well. The Halftimers are in the building. The Dina Ahmed and her whole family are tuned in so massive shout out to Dina Ahmed and Tanya Maria Woo, we got the list goes on Victor uh, I'm missing out quite a few but I'm going to catch you up on the third segment that means you have to tune in and stay tuned to see if I actually do shout you out but Anas talk to us about the UFC that's coming up and all the hype that's behind it now when we have fighters now and I, I'm going to throw in the one of the events which is the lightweight between Merbek Tez, Tezumov and Carlos Diego Ferreira when you have a fight coming up, and the records are for uh, Tezmanov is 27-5-0, and and, and for Carlos Diego Ferreira is 15-2-0. When you come up against a fighter, do you take much notice of their records? Um, at the beginning of the career, yes. Right. Uh, because you want the fight to be fair. Okay. You don't want to fight someone who has a lot more experience than you. Right. However, at this stage, at this platform yeah. uh, of this size... It doesn't really matter. You're going to fight some uh, big names. You're yeah. going to fight people who are very experienced. Right. I mean, and, and saying that, you're at the UFC level. So when it comes to the UFC, I mean, does record go out the window? Or do you, are, have you already so, so unquote, unquote, made it? You know, so how, how, do, how, does, how does that affect your mind approaching that fight? I mean, making it to the UFC is quite an achievement. Yeah. On its own. Right. However, that's just the beginning. You have to keep climbing that ladder all the way to the top. That's every fighter's uh, dream. Yeah, because it can be quite ruthless, right? Well, if you lose a couple of a couple of losses on the streak, do they do they cut you? Do they put you on the the end of the pecking order? How does that go about? It 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 works like that on every platform. Right. The more you win, the better. Okay. If, if you go on a losing streak, of course you're gonna risk getting caught up. Yeah, yeah, and 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 going into like let's say the heavyweights. Sometimes there's this stereotype with the heavyweights, it doesn't last as long as obviously the lightweights because those, those punches, the impact on them is crazy. But looking at the heavyweights, does age play a factor? Age, to me personally, I think age does play a factor, of course. Okay. Uh, on, on paper. 
that's 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 what paper, I want to ask you. Yeah, it yeah. does play a factor. However, okay. a fight is a fight. Anything can happen in a fight. It can change in a split second. Right. Just one mistake from someone, the other one will will win the fight. You right. Know? Um, however, on paper, of course, the older we get more problems we we have yeah uh, but isn't it also more experience as well we do get more experience yes right. that's true okay um it just depends on how sharp are you physically right okay excellent so with with curtis blades versus shamil abdur rakimov if i can get that right um curtis blades is 28 and shamil is 38 okay curtis blades is 11 2 and 0 but shamil is 24 4 and 0 Okay, the age difference is 10 years, right? How do you see that type of fight panning out? Like I said, you, you can you can always think about a fight in theory. Right. But a fight is a fight. Whether you're fighting uh, a 70-year-old, he might crack you with one hook yeah. and you might fall to the floor, you yeah. know? So, like I said, in theory, it does play a big part. Yeah. But in reality, it doesn't really. You, you might actually have more experience. Like, for example, from personal experience, yeah. uh, last year I fought a young guy who's who was 25 at the time. I was 32. And just knowing the way he was fighting, I just used my experience to put a lot of pressure on him and then win the fight. Right, right. See, While, that's, that's fascinating because... Again, on one side, like you said, I mean, anything can happen on the night. On the one side, with the more experience you have, the lack, the the less mistakes you made that probably you would have made at youth level. However, the body functions a lot differently when the wear and tear catches up with you. So you do have both sides, guys. If you were li- if you were listening to Anas's accent, I want you to text us on four two one five if you missed the first segment and tell us when he said hook. <laughs> what accent that is I know what it is and I'm sure the people because I gave it away in the first segment already knew but if you can guess what accent Anas has please text us on 4215 or slide into our DMs because it is a funny accent from the UK that we you know we can't help but have a bit of banter with and you know here at the Halftime Show we always have a li- we always like to have a bit of banter um, Anas talking about the lightweight Islam Makachev against Davi Ramos on one hand you know the the Khabib camp has been very famous for being quite united. Um, you know, they they really stick to each other. I can't imagine them training elsewhere but their own camp. Obviously, with his father being such an influence, Islam comes in at 17-1-0, and Davi Ramos comes in at 10-2-0. With that, have you when you faced an opponent, have you ever looked at the opponent's let's say background or let's say um, where they're from and try to? suss out your opponent like because especially with these guys they're quite introverts they, they don't they don't really let much in and they like it that way they like their own their own privacy their own camp they, they don't like to really be outside it's not like american top team or whatever or, you know you can just jump over nah that's not happening with that when you have your fights do you look into that much Yes, I do. I have to study my opponents. You have to study your opponent. You have to study their background. What sometimes I'll have to study my opponent all the way to when when they were kids. What did they do as a as sports? Really interesting. Uh, has he done some taekwondo or karate? Or yeah. If if they did, that means that their kicks might be really good. Okay. And it's okay. the same thing here. Like for example, these guys, the, the the Russian fighters, especially the ones from Dagestan. Yes. 
their wrestling is is just on a on a different level. Right. However, for example, going back to Davi Ramos, he's he's a jiu-jitsu pioneer. Mm-hmm. He won ADCCs. He he is is a great jiu-jitsu fighter. Right. So it can go either way. Yeah. Islam might take him to the floor, take Davi to the floor, but yeah. Davi is is a great jiu-jitsu fighter. Uh, can he get a submission? And also, both of them have have been working on their striking a lot. Right. So anything can happen at the end of the day. They might either keep it standing and trade punches, or one of them will shoot for the takedown to try and either get a submission or keep them on the floor and get some ground and pounding. Right. And you know that's that's fascinating. You say that because, from what I understand, and again, I want your thoughts on this. When it comes to mixed martial arts, it's such a broad. Uh, style of all these different principles in fights if you have one person who is like you said with Habib the wrestling and that that camp so exceptional at what they do people tend to then think oh I'll just I'll just work on things that they don't do but if they're that good let's say Mike Tyson was the best at what he did right in my opinion this is my opinion when he did what he did, no matter how people approached him, they said they're going to keep him at distance. He still fought inside. He still hit them with the body shots. He still did what he did. And he was ruthless. How do you prepare for someone that's so good at one skill that you identify that before? How do you prepare for that? You have to prepare for everything. Like literally, when I prepare for my fights, I become a wrestler, a boxer, a yeah. Muay Thai fighter, a swimmer, a runner, a dancer. You, a dancer. Have to, yeah. you know, I'm actually not surprised you said that. I was going to ask you, what if you had someone that was really good at things like capoeira, especially the Brazilians in Jiu-Jitsu are good. Do you then prepare for them differently? Kind of. For example, like I'll go to my own personal experience. Yeah. I fought uh, one, one fighter called Afi Davis two years ago in World Trade Center in Dubai. Offie Davis, he he is very known for his kicks. He got knockouts with axe kicks, spinning back kicks. He throws, he uses his legs yeah. like his hands, like his jabs and crosses. So you have to develop a game where you have to stay tight the whole time. Your guard is up the whole time. You can't leave a tiny space because yeah. the, the the moment you leave a little space is going to knock you out and he's very unpredictable okay so you have to predict the unpredictable you yeah. have to wait for an axe kick coming from nowhere right c- because his legs are so supple they're so fast and yeah. so strong at the same time and he moves in a weird way that not all the fighters can move that way yeah well that's th- yeah i mean at the moment now, to be honest with you, Anas, you know, as much as there's all these great fighters, the talk of the town and the UAE is one man and one man only. That's Khabib Nurmagomedov. Okay. Now the main event is the one that everyone is talking about, but Khabib lives at home with his family in Dagestan, but trains in San Jose. Something I was looking into when I was doing my research. That's a 22-hour flight. Okay. He's been out of action for a year, while Poirier has been active. I know he's the favorite. But not only has he been active, he's been improving and even tactically got his fight spot on against Max Holloway, which means Poirier has a team of specialists behind the scenes that really break down fights and study their opponents. When you're fighting, do you spend time studying your opponents and do you have more of an old school approach or like of mastering your own craft? Or 
do you believe that like you said earlier you have to just try and stick to your own game plan and not worry as much about them for me personally i never watch my opponents before a fight really it's something that okay. I, I i've i've always kept it like this yeah maybe i will watch one fight and that's about it i i leave my coaches to do that okay and to pick on all the technical aspects that i need to work on okay however i work on everything like literally everything the striking the wrestling yeah. the jujitsu and the conditioning as well but personally i don't like watching my opponents i feel like it just keeps me calm and ready for anything right and and if you're out for a year like habib is now I know there's sparring and things that fighters do to replicate the fight, but how hard is it to switch back into fight mode? I think with with Habib, he, he was never off. He was always training in AKA. Okay. Always training with other people like DC, for yes. example. He Daniel was Cormier, always yes. there trying to to help them for their fight camps as well. Yeah. And when you're helping someone for their fight camp, mm -hmm. it's intense. It's just as intense as the fight and for us fighters i think most of the type of the fighters they will say the same thing we feel more nervous when our teammate is fighting yes than when we are fighting ourselves yes. it's a very strange thing yes. but i feel more nervous when i watch my friends fight or someone that i know fight yes than when i'm walking in to fight it's because you've invested quite a bit of time with them as well right not just that but like they're your teammates your friends you don't want to get see them get hurt yeah you want them to win and be happy and share that happiness with them it's a lot of emotions yeah so uh, for him to be in that in that hostile environment i think he stayed as if he's doing his own fight camp i think fantastic and the the other thing i'm a little concerned about i'm a i'm a huge habib fan i mean everyone knows that but what i'm concerned about is is him making weight now he's missed out he's missed out weight four times i believe so far while actually fighting that same year so how taxing is that going to be on his body when you put your organs through so much and they need to fight once you've replaced the fluids and probably put the weight back on. How difficult is that for someone like Habib? And now I think he's 30 turning 31 soon. At that, what the body's been taking, how difficult is that for him? Yeah, doing the weight cuts, especially if, if uh, you cut a lot of weight, it does take its toll on your body, yeah. especially with age as well. Yeah. However, with Habib, in the last two to three fights he cut his weight um in a very comfortable way i think he switched he got a, a good nutritionist who's following him all the time right following what he's eating and preparing all the things for him so the last few fights i didn't see him struggling with his weight cut okay interesting and, and who do you have the the stats say khabib's 27 and 0 dustin Poirier is 25 5 and 0 that's the tail of the tape both height 178 for Khabib 175 for Dustin Poirier both obviously going to be weighing in at the same time the reach is 177.8 centimeters for Khabib versus 182.9 for Dustin Poirier how do you see the fight going man a fight is a fight I don't like predicting fights because <laughs> anything can happen that's Literally, a true fighter anything that's can a happen. true fighter uh, however here it's like for me it's like a grappler versus striker yeah uh, Dustin Poirier's boxing is amazing okay. and Habib's wrestling we don't even need to talk about it of it's uh, out of this world Yeah. but again a fight starts standing up anything can happen in those few in those first few seconds right okay it's whether 
doesn't Poirier can clip Khabib in the early rounds? Yeah. Okay. Or is Khabib going to put that pressure that no one can can uh, yeah, resist? Un- unbelievable. It's, it's an unbelievable pressure. Yeah. So, like I said, it can go either way. Okay. So, so you're on the fence. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I would like Khabib to win because I'm a fan of Khabib as yes, well. Yes. Yes. But it can go. A fight is a fight. I like that. Oh well, guys. For me, I I. Uh, we're talking all UFC today with Anas. Um, there is something I want to say. If you guys have missed the show so far, you missed a great show. And don't make me. But if you want to find me, please just send me location. Send me location. Make sure you don't make me send you my location because you shouldn't be missing out on the fight. This is going to be a great week here. We're having a great show on here on, um, on the Halftime Show with Anas. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95. Pulse95. Is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the halftime show. If you're just tuning in, we have Anas Siraj Munir on the halftime show with me today, talking all UFC, mixed martial arts, and boy, do we have a show. Anas, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right, Anas, normally when I have my guests in, I like to, you know, put them a little bit on the uncomfort zone. And that's what I like to do is I like to have a fire round. Now, with this fire round, what it's going to be is I'm going to shoot some things your way and you're going to tell me what's the first thing that you think about keeping it clean, obviously, because this is a clean show. Um, and, and, you know, don't make me... Don't make me smash your boy. So, um, on the fire round, this is what I'm going to say. The first thing I'm going to shoot your way, what's your favorite mixed martial art? Mixed martial arts, which is everything. Oh, good, good answer, man. You, boy, you sit on the fence so hard, man. I can't get you off it. All right. Oreo cookies. And as <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to answer, right? Okay. Fight week. Uh, fight week, weight cut. Okay. Conor McGregor. Good fighter, not a good person. Mike Tyson. Legend. Habib. Another legend. Virgine. Oh, the wifey. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Virgine if you're listening again. I had to throw your name in there. Okay, you can thank me later. Um, cheat meal. What's your favorite cheat meal? Cake. Cake. What kind of cake? Oreo cake from... Uh, I'll not say the Oreo name cake. You're going to get sponsored by Oreo yeah. cakes. Okay. Um, weight cut. Pain. Pain, okay. Morocco. My love. Biryani. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my biryani? For those that are listening in, Anas has this thing. Whenever he ends up getting through a fight, he normally ends up shouting out to the whole crowd, where's my biryani? So that's why I had to throw that in there. Um, Trash talking. I'm terrible at it. I need to learn how to trash talk. Really? Do you not... When someone does trash talk before your fights, how do you respond to that? I don't respond. I just smile. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm smiling because the trash talk is so bad or because my teeth are so big I can't close my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. How about calories? I love calories, but the bad ones. That's a big big sigh. Um, Your support system. My support system. Yeah. Uh, my wife, Virginie, she's been a big support. My yeah. family, my parents, my brothers, all my friends around the world, they have been very supportive. My coaches, 
uh, I have big support from uh, a lot of people. Amazing, amazing. Um, what's your happy place? Uh, sitting in front of a cake. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get so many calls from cake people, it's going to be crazy. Um, Dana White. He's a pioneer in MMA. Yeah, yeah. Workout music. What's your favorite workout music? Gnawa music. Oh, okay. Yeah, check out Gnawa music. Okay, okay. Um, sport you wish you were good at but can't play to save your life. <laughs> Be honest now. You know what? I was very good at a lot of sports apart from horse riding. Really? I was terrible. I fell a lot. Yeah, okay. the horse would just go down to get some grass, yeah. some grass, and I'll just follow the horse and fall on my head. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite radio station? Of course, Post 95. <laughs> I have to throw that in there. That's when you know um, the fire round is up. But Anas, um, we're going to be talking more and answering more of the questions from the viewers and audience and listeners uh, straight after the break. But what I want to ask you is, when is your fight? My fight is on uh, is October 4th, 4th of October okay. in Abu Dhabi. Okay, excellent. So that'll be in the UAE on October the 4th. 4th. Guys, you have to you have to follow this guy. How do they follow you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Anas Siraj Munir. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, guys, stay tuned for more on Pulse95. We're going to be talking more with Anas Siraj Munir about UFC, about mixed martial arts and everything to do with it. Stay tuned. You're You're listening listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Maduri on Pulse95. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're just tuning in, what a show we've had. We're talking all UFC with Anas Siraj. Munir and he's telling me all the ins and outs of what goes on behind the scenes of a weight cut, the way the mindset is, how a fighter prepares his mindset as well as his physical attributes to get ready and prepared for a fight. Now, there was a lot of insight earlier. And as we've had some great questions, by the way, shout out to Ala in Egypt who's tuned in and a regular person on the halftime. He's definitely, definitely up there as one of our halftimers. Anas, tell me when it comes to uh, the preparation now of... Let's say now you've had eight weeks, as we mentioned earlier in segment one, regarding preparing yourself for a fight. In those eight weeks, do you isolate yourself from people? Some people do. For me, I, I like to be with people. Yeah. So so that it takes my mind off the fight Okay. a little bit. I, I like being with people to joke around a lot and have a bit of banter with people. Does that uh, get your mind at ease? Yes, it does. Okay. It does indeed. Okay. And what about the distractions? So on the on the other side, there's something that we mentioned in, in the third segment, which is the fire round, your love for cake. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so with that, to be able to not put yourself in that situation, uh, do you still catch up with friends where we, you go out to a restaurant or a, or a cafe and, and, and where there's plenty of good food around while you're preparing yourself for fight week? I, I do most of the time and I have two choices. Okay. It's either I'm going to get a salad instead of a pizza Okay. or I might get a pizza but I will go running at 1am or 2am so okay. I can burn that pizza. Okay. So, Anas, you just brought something up. The other day I had a guest shout out to Hiba from Body Hack. The other day I had a guest she's she's brilliant into neuroscience and how the brain works and everything and she said to me that normally in order to get the best out of your performance you had to train at the same time of your actual fight does that apply to you as well 
That's true. That's very true. Really? You need your body to adapt and to get used to that time. Sometimes when you don't train at that time, for example, our fight usually it's at like 9 p.m., yeah. 10 p.m. They're going to be feeling sleepy yeah. and tired and slow and lazy. So you have to train your body to be awake at that specific moment. Interesting. And subsequently, does that then change your sleeping pattern, which is your recovery pattern? It's a whole it's a whole program, right? It, it does. Yes, it is a whole program. Uh, it's amazing how our body work yeah. works. It's um, you actually get used to being awake at 10 p.m., being ready to fight. And right. then you're going to be sleeping at like 1 a.m. or 2, 2 a.m. And then you got to try to make your body actually sleep seven hours. Really? Okay. Yes. And another question we had in from one of the, uh, the viewers was, are you superstitious? Um, I'm not really superstitious, but I'm very religious. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Talk to me about that in terms of spirituality, you mean? Yes. Wow. Yeah, okay. I feel like my religion has helped me in in a lot of things not just mma but in my studies as well in just like being i, I try to be the best that i can be in anything yes well that that's that's amazing by the way for all those that are tuned in we've got quite a few people to shout out here shout out to dina Issam, Mohammed al blushi tarik tam tam sad ahmed machiavelli the life of tarik uh wow you guys are amazing thank you so much for tuning in as always and supporting the halftime show last question as before we wrap up for those that were listening earlier i asked you guys a question i asked you when anna said hook which is hook <laughs> what accent was that did anyone guess that i've had a few random guesses polish uh english <laughs> swedish anna can you reveal that for us please it's uh, <laughs> well, my accent is a fake accent that I can't get rid of. Okay. I, I lived and studied in the north of England, right? In Sunderland, in Newcastle. I used to train with a gym called the Dungeon BJJ and MMA. And it's a bit of a Macam, Geordie, yeah. Moroccan accent that I can't, I can't get rid of it. Okay, well, so it's a Geordie accent. For those that don't know, the Geordie accent is from Newcastle, is that correct? Yes, that's right. And, and you, you were based in Sunderland. Guys, Time flies when you're having fun. Unfortunately, you have reached full time on the halftime show. So we are really happy. Anas, how can they follow you again? Uh, uh, on Instagram mainly, uh, my account is Anas Siraj Munir. Yeah. And any shout outs from the people that have been viewing in today? Uh, I would like to make a massive shout out to all my friends, my family, my wife, uh, my teammates, uh, Team Noguera yep. and 99 Fighters. Excellent. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Halftime Show. As always, this would be nothing without you. If you do miss the show, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, the Halftime Show or Oral Maldurri. It's full time. Anas, thank you so much for being a wicked guest, man. Uh, all the best of luck for your fight coming up. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.